Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. I am your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by Odds Checker's very own Andy Holding and a debutant to the show in Paddy Aspel. Uh, Paddy, how are you getting on? Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, looking forward to getting stuck into some cracking stuff at the weekend. And hopefully, with a bit of luck, we can manage to dig out one or two winners. That is always the plan. Uh, we know Andy's pretty good at it, Paddy. For those who don't uh, don't know you, haven't heard you on any other pods or anything like that, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I definitely am very familiar with this man at the top of our screen, <laughs> Andy Holding. I've been listening to his wise words for a few years now on William Hill. So, yeah, we, we, we've had a, a great bit of crack together. and But generally, that's my gig working for William Hill. But I'm lucky enough like today to be invited on one or two podcasts to, to try and dig out a winner or two for some of our listeners and our viewers. So yeah, looking forward to this stuff today. Yeah, we are going to be looking ahead to Saturday's racing, three races at Ascot, uh, followed by the four at Haydock as well, looking ahead to Sunday too. Uh, Andy, this week feels like, I mean, it used to be the November, the, the November meeting where things really got cracking. Uh, the fields went great. Uh, last weekend, it's fair to say, but this week is where it really feels like it's ramping up with some great action, although the weather isn't really playing ball. Uh, market raisin uh, was, was abandoned earlier on today and more rain forecast in the coming days as well. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate in some respects that we're having a lot of rain and it's putting a lot of few um, uh, connections off, but we can't have it both ways because we, we are going to be... Um, graced by Constitution Hill's presence, aren't we, at the weekend, which wouldn't have been the case had we not any rain. So, um, unfortunately, he's going to scare a few away. And we are dealing with, by and large, small quality fields. But uh, there are one or two other races to uh, get stuck into where we should get a little bit better value. So, uh, a nice little mix. Yeah, really good looking mix uh, of stuff coming up ahead of uh, this uh, weekend's racing. And we'll go through it in just a second. Um, you can find these previews and go to check a betting show on our YouTube channel, Fair to say, uh, all eyes will be on National Hunt racing on Saturday, but of course the World Cup in Qatar does start on Sunday and there's loads of preview content uh, up on the Oddscheck YouTube channel there. If you want to inform your bets, we've got the World Cup preview with Mark O'Hare on there. We've got um, you know, videos analysing all of the teams up there too, individual videos. So if you want to find out more about any of the teams, uh, if you want to go on Oddscheck and put your bets on for the World Cup, do go and check out the YouTube channel before where you can find everything that you need uh, up there. Uh, but we're going to start off our um, preview here with Adaska kicking off uh, with the, the 205, uh, the 1965 chase. Uh, going to point the viewers and listeners in the direction of the Odds Checker app right now. We're going to be talking uh, in, in terms of the best prices on the market. Use Odds Checker to find those prices. Best place terms bookie offers free bets. And of course, you can get Andy's tips as well as all the other tipsters across sports to the app every single morning as well. So do go download the app. But we'll start with this 205 at Ascot on Saturday. And Long Press is the 4-7 to favourite, making uh, seasonal reappearance after being beaten at Aintree, uh, following that mightily impressive win at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, Hitman, 5-2. to two. St Calvados, 11-2. to two. Do Your Job, 20-1. to one. Cool Cody, 33-1. to one. Um, Paddy, we'll come to you first. Give you first run, given it's your, your debut on the show. And uh, Long Press... Not the only um, big name on this card who's trying looking to bounce back from an Ascot de- from a, an Aintree defeat. Um, what do you make of the price of four to seven? I think it's 
pretty fair. Um, the vibes have been good, haven't they, from Charlie Deutsch. He's very excited about this horse. And look, I know we're going to all go down the avenue as regards Venetia. She's not got rolling yet. She's not had a winner in the last 14 days. She's not had a winner for quite a while. But that said, I looked through her numbers this morning and plenty of them have been getting placed. Um, but there will be many trainers up and down the country that will be as glad to see such an influx of rain as Venetia Williams. So that's certainly uh, positive. And this is a horse, I just think he's got bundles of talent and he's probably got bundles of improvement left in him still. Uh, Plenty of raw talent. Look, I know he got turned over at entry, but there was a few scabs taken that day. So it was very, very forgivable for me. Do we think, have you guys heard, will Hitman turn up here or will he go to Haydock? I think a lot depends on the ground, doesn't it? Uh, it looks like being pretty bottomless over at Haydock. I mean, I don't live a million miles away from, it, from that stretch, uh, and, and we tend to get the same kind of weather system that comes across from the Irish Sea up here in, in North Wales on, on the jet stream. So given the forecast is pretty grisly for the weekend, and, and I'm, that's just what we've had up here in the last 24 hours, I can't see Haydock being anything other than soft. And if, as we saw at Market Raisins this afternoon, it could easily go heavy. So I think they're probably just weighing it up to, to the last minute. Um, I mean, the easy race is definitely a Haydock, but given what Venetia's horses are like, you say, Pad, at the moment, they could be worth taking on. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very, very interesting. But, I mean, the thing is, even when a yard is supposedly not firing on all cylinders, for me, I, I do think the cream always rises to the top. And and, and that, I think, would be the case here with, with Long Press. Um, just very, very exciting. And, and I just can't help but get away from, from the vibes that Charlie Deutsch, because he's not often a fellow who you really hear very often talk these horses up about. He's certainly not hidden the fact of the regard. Obviously, he holds this son of Diamond Boy in and just really looking forward to getting a look at him. And I mean, so far at, at Ascot, they've got, at the minute, only a pretty reasonable ground, but you would surely expect that to change on Saturday. But I think he's priced up accordingly. Um, it wouldn't surprise me even if the rain did arrive, that he, he would could tighten up even a shade more. Could tighten up even more. Um, so fair to say, Paddy, not looking to, to kind of get against the uh, top end of the market at all. Um, Andy, anything for you here? Any any angles in, or do you agree with Paddy that um, Long Press looks rock solid at the top end? Yeah, I mean... This this is a good starting point for Long Press. You know they're not asking him to run over three miles on his first start. Um, he definitely gets three miles. Of course, he won the you know the RSA at Cheltenham, um, but he's got the pace to win over two and a half, as we saw numerous occasions last year. Prior to going to Cheltenham, he was winning over the intermediate distance. Uh, the ground's absolutely ideal for him. He loves a you know a mud bath, and more importantly, he's two for two um, on his seasonal reappearance. I think he was seven hundred odd days off the track when he won first time up two years ago. Uh, and he'd been obviously off the track uh, a good bit when he beat Gunsight Ridge on his first start last season, albeit in fairly modest handicap company before he rose up the ranks. So freshness is not a problem, but Paddy's at the nail the head with the with the yard. I think we just have to highlight yeah. that and, and you know just warn punters if they are thinking about taking four to seven. Venetia in the last four nights north from 23, albeit quite a few seconds as Paddy's already um, alluded to, and it's 209 days without a winner. So the floodgates are going to open, but with that sort of ringing at the back of my mind, do I really want to take four to seven with those stats kind of like staring at me in the face? Um, 
I'd, I'd probably go with Hitman just because I think at the odds as we're, we're looking at now, he he's the value certainly if he turns up. And you know the form of his old round chase victory has already taken a boost, hasn't it? With Gyal or who finished third that day behind riders on the storm, winning the Paddy Power itself last weekend. Um, he's just as good going right-handed as he is left-handed. He's got pace to win over two, and he stays two and a half. So with the Nichols horses absolutely singing and humming, the completely the opposite to what Venetia Williams is at the moment. It probably makes sense to go with him. And, you know, there isn't a great deal between them on the official ratings. So fitness might just be the key there. Interesting. You mentioned um, the Nichols yard being in great form. St. Carvalhos is third of the market, 11 to 2. Uh, a horse that since uh, leaving Harry Whittington and going to, to Paul Nichols has had an interesting time of it. Um, finishing third in the King George on, on Boxing Day. Um, which is not really staying the three miles. And then last time seen, winning by 16 lengths uh, at Sandown in, in the grade two. Um, and then in between that, being pulled up at Ascot, um, not really going on the ground, it looked like. And then also being beaten, uh, well beaten at Aintree, um, two by Fakir Duderi and, and plenty others. Um, any chance that, you know, this, no doubt, no doubt in St. Carlos's quality, Andy, could be the, the fly in the ointment? It could be, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to write off anything that pulls Nichols' sense to the track at the moment, but. I think the fact that David, David Maxwell's on here suggests that there's a project or two further down the line um, with that combination. Um, I just don't think he'll have the speed to beat the likes of Von Press and, and Hitman, um, you know, at this stage of his career. It's, it's a fair ask, isn't it, first time out to beat those two who are, who are better than him anyway. Uh, I think Do Your Job's an interesting run. I mean, he, he's had a wind up since he ran last time. He was disappointed at Aintree in the same race that Hitman was second. Um, connections really liked him and they were bitterly disappointed with his run. Uh, clearly that wasn't him, but he, obviously he's a great two winner as a novice, so he's, he's not to be totally underestimated, but you need to see something a bit better than you did at Aintree. Yeah, you would. Uh, Paddy, anything to add on, on this one? No, I think Andy's banging on as regards to fitness edge with Hitman, but I'll, I'll tell you the only question I have, I think maybe he lacks... Won't say he lacks a little bit of metal, but I think if something really puts it up to him and he's got to pull a race out of the fire from the back of the last, I think we could accuse Hitman maybe of just lacking that little bit of bottle to to to, to go and maybe wrestle a, a race back. So I think he's got to prove me wrong in that sense. If you look at his form, you know, it's very strong, but there's plenty of crossbar efforts in there too when maybe there could be a couple of more firsts so I mean he has got a little bit of a, a question to answer but it's a big opportunity if he does turn up here for Lorca Williams who has ridden him in the past but for me long press I'm happy to take the yard form and hopefully this can just get things rolling for the Venetia team yeah let's see a long press four to seven as I say uh, best price at the moment in the 205 at Ascot uh, moving on to the 240 and all eyes here on Last year's um, supreme champion, um, Constitution Hill. Those, I mean, I'm going to mention it again for the last time. Those who, who watched the show around about this time last year, of course, were tipped off by Barry Garrity about Constitution Hill at 40 to one uh, before Constitution Hill had taken to a race course. Um, a pretty fun few months ensued, and fingers crossed, the Constitution Hill uh, lives up to the hype here. Um, Nicky Henderson being fairly bullish in the press, Andy. Um, four, four on is the price. Uh, Head of Bruin up a storm at 11 to 2. Goshen 15 to 2. For pleasure 50 to 1. And Uchard 66 to 1. Um, I mean, it doesn't look like much for betting heat, does it? No, but a lot depends on what price bookmakers go sadly. I think if he was edging towards 2 to 7, 3 on, that would have to be constituted as a, as a bet because 
I mean, he's just in an absolutely different stratosphere to this lot. Um, I mean, he should win literally without coming off the bridle. Um, I, I, don't, I can't imagine Nicky Henderson and have him going to the racetrack short because that's just not Nicky's style. Um, he's only going to have two more runs maximum to the festival. That every run has got to count. Um, I think he's had. I don't know if he's had a race course gallop. I think he has, hasn't he? Uh, recently, so that so he should have had his, the cobwebs blown away. But I mean, other than honeysuckle, he's just in. Like I say, he's just in a different league to everything else. I mean, Goshen, obviously, you, you give him a pass for his poor run last time because that was over fences and connections are quite rightly going back over hurdles with him to get his confidence back. But you know, he's he's nowhere near as good as Constitution Hill. And I mean, brewing up a storm with the greatest respect to him. You know he's um, he's got he's had a bit of a checkered career in the last eighteen months anyway. When he's good, he's very good, but sometimes he loses his concentration and, and he has been on the floor a few times, including last time out. The other two are just making up the numbers. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect setup really for Nico because he'll have Goshen as a target. Sometimes in these races, it can be a bit messy. You think, well, what's going to lead? Is he going to pull hard? But he shouldn't have the it shouldn't be a problem. Goshen off a golf in front, and Nico will just literally just sit there in his slipstream until when he wants to press the button. Um, I mean, that's how that. If you if you've got the if you've got the uh, Kahuna's, then you know you, you. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you having a, a four thousand in one here. If you, if you've got the spare four thousand in the first place. Please make sure you're gambling responsibly. Um, Paddy, any thoughts? Yeah, no, I've, I've 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 definitely seen far far worse one to four pokes for sure. I mean. Constitution Hill, all you've got to do is look at the numbers that he did at Cheltenham. Uh, just incredible, really, uh, considering the gallop that went in that race. And, you know, we had some very, very good horses checking out right at the death, whereas, you know, he hit the line strong. And, uh, and Andy will know uh, from working with me that I do love these type of horses that really won't impress you at home in the morning on the gallops but he saves it for when he turns up on a racetrack and the only thing letting him down so far is that the John Joe horse got beat didn't he on his reappearance who who managed to beat him in his his point to point but um, look that's that's nothing nothing that he could do but it'd just be great to get a look at him this horse has won on nice ground but he's also won on awful ground so there's not really many boxes to tick for this fella and just be cracking to get a look at him again. He's very, very exciting for sure. We just have to remind ourselves as well, the horse that he beat at Cheltenham was John Bond. John Bond, I was going to say. I mean, look what he's done since. I mean, goodness me. I mean, he, he made Mon Morale and Westcourt look second raters the other day and he was very good at Aintree. So he's done nothing but other than boost the form for Constitution Hill. And if you're a time band like myself and you get such a big number, you want the race to work out accordingly. And using John Bond as a guide, it, it, um, it's definitely going the way we thought. We're not going to find much of a bet here, apart from the four on um, Constitution Hill, which I'm not going to put down as a uh, Andy holding that. But, but we might as well talk about John Bond quickly, given what we saw um, at Weatherby at Warwick yesterday. Um, how good was that? Very, very quick over over the bigger bigger obstacles, as you say. Didn't really wasn't really asked too much, and is now a nine to four favourite for the Arkle. No, you couldn't really ask for ask so much more, could you? Um, yes, he was only a small field, and he had plenty of time to up his fences. Nowadays, the Arkle, anyway, you only get seven or eight runners maximum. The cream often rises to the top, and the, the other sort of section of novices tend to go for the handicaps, you know, like the Grand Nano, et cetera, et cetera. So that's not going to be a problem come March. I don't, I didn't see him make a mistake as such. 
I mean, obviously he was just a little bit um, novice or deliberate at one or two, and he was putting himself right, but otherwise he was absolutely perfect. And, you know, Mon Morel's a good horse in his own right. As I've said, he's a, you know, he's a proper 150 horse over hurdles. Um, and he, like I say, he made him look um, uh, very moderate. It, it, obviously, we got the Gordon Elliott battalions and the Willie Mullins battalions to talk about before we start thinking about taking seven to four, two to one. But, you know, bookmakers are probably entitled to err on the side of caution, as they often do. The only thing I have a little bit of a question mark around about anti-post betting, and I suppose it's a little bit irrelevant, but when they do shorten up something like that, they never tend to push anything else out. Mm, like if, no. if there's something shortening up in a in a day of the rice market, you get a chance to back something else at a bigger price. You know, the overround, the overround, you know, has to go that way, doesn't it? And yet in anti-post markets, they're very, very naughty. They'll cut something, but they, they never adjust the books on the other. So I think you have, if, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to probably play fair or give bookmakers, um, punters a better crack of the whip. Andy holding there, making friends with our bookmaker partners um, with his thoughts Same, on anyway. that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, Paddy, we'll move on next to the uh, final race we're covering here at Ascot, um, which is the uh, the 3.15 on the day. Um, and here we have uh, Edward Stone's return. I mentioned um, that uh, Long Press wasn't the only horse looking to bounce back from a defeated entry um, with a seasonal reappearance. The same can be said of Edward Stone, who is 11 to 4 favourite, Time White and Boot Hill, both 4 to 1 in behind. So Scottish, uh, 11 to 2. Uh, Ferrero Bamboo, eight to one, third time lucky, nine to one, fourteen to one. Bar those, uh, Paddy. Um, who do you fancy? A bit more of an open race, a bit of a better betting heat here. Um, who do you fancy? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was a big Edward Stone fan, and I stuck with him all of last season. To be fair, I was going to go against him. Uh, I was very keen on Bamberidge last weekend, but obviously mm. he didn't turn up. Um, I think he's very classy. I was at an entry the day he, he was beaten and I just thought he met a horse who was really on his mettle that day because he looked fine, he travelled and he jumped and even speaking to Tom Cannon afterwards, he thought the horse had run his race. He just bumped into a horse really on a going day in Gentleman to Me and they got tactics right and so it wasn't disgraced at all. He's a good traveller, he's a good fencer, you know, he doesn't do an awful lot wrong, this horse, but, you know, he's got to give away a fair chunk of weight to some very reasonable horses. He's got last year's winner before midnight in there who ran a very, very good reappearance run. Obviously, Time White, I thought, was awfully impressive for the Nichols team on his return. And he definitely looks like a horse, I think, who's still on the improve. And he could be the interesting one here because, you know, there's going to be no hiding place here. They've whacked some headgear on Amula Gold, who really does act round the track. So I think they're going to go a nice gallop here. It'll be a true run race. But Edward Stone, he's very, very classy. And obviously, I just hope that he takes his chance. And but with a clear round, which I can't see there any problem being, even with the mountain of weight that he's got to carry, he's very, very classy. And I, I, I'd like to see him win. I hope he wins. But more importantly, I do think he win, despite some maybe young and improving opposition here. Interesting stuff. Uh, Andy, how do you see it? I think if there's one horse in this field that will leave his handicap mark well behind, in fact, I think there's two, but I think there's one predominantly that stands out to me, and that's Boot Hill. Um, I'll be amazed if he's not better than 140 at some stage throughout this uh, season or proves that to be the case. Um, he's obviously had one or two little bumps in the road here, then everywhere, but Harry Fry's always kept the faith with this fella. Um, don't, don't forget, he was a good third in a 
in a bit of a hurdle here a couple of years ago when he had to overcome one or two difficulties. But he was really good the other day over fences at Newton Abbott. Uh, and I think it's that that run that has kind of like sparked a little bit of interest with with me, with him going forward. Um, he beat a horse called That's All Right Gino quite easily at Newton Abbott. And That's All Right Gino went to Chepstow the other week and actually hacked him. Don't forget Silent Revolution, who'd won the time before, and looked really impressive. Uh, was well back back in third that day, got beat 34 lengths, and he ran beyond Constitution Hill at the festival. So he was beating a couple of good horses that day in, in a small field. The time figure was very generous, um, and the soft ground won't bother him whatsoever. So off a mark of 140, I do think he's particularly well in. If anything's going to beat Edward Stone, it might well be him. And a, a little word of a positive nature for um, so Scottish as well. Um, I, I'm often in touch with his owner, uh, who's a very um, uh, shrewd c- customer, Paul Byrne. And I think it's very, very significant that he's prepared to roll the dice on a horse who's just had three runs, two runs over fences uh, and won a small race last time out at Carlisle when he made one or two mistakes, but certainly haven't put him off um, running in a race of this nature. So he's quite bullish with his um, prospects for the weekend. But I'll stick with Boot Hill. He's got a touch of class, and um, I think he's the main danger to Edward Stone. Yeah, so Scottish, probably pretty well found in the market, given connections at 11 to 2. Uh, so Scottish, Raymond Mullins, uh, Boot Hill, 4 to 1 for Andy, and, and positive words, both for Time White, but crucially Edward Stone from Paddy. Uh, Edward Stone, 11 to 4, Time White, 4 to 1. Um, move on then to Ascot now, um, and we're going to talk about horse we've just spoken about, because Hitman has been left in uh, both the uh, 1965 chase and the graduation chase at Haydock, and here heads the market at 4 to 7. Itchy Feet, 5 to 1, Manella Drama, 5 to 1. Earn River six to one. Um, so assuming, I guess, the Hitman comes out here, um, Andy, um, it looks like it should be a, a, a trappy three-horse affair. Yeah, I mean, if he runs, he'll win. Simple as that. He's just better than the other two. Well, three, if you include Itchy Feet, but we don't really know where we stand with him at the moment, having had a wind operation. Let's presume he doesn't run, then you'd like to think the Manila drama could get back on track here, because I was a bit disappointed in the, the last day. He was very easy to back in the market, so that might have told... A little bit of a story about Papa Carla, but he did check out quite abruptly, which is a little bit of a concern. Um, but he does like flat tracks and in a small field when he can dominate. Presumably, he'll make the run in here over the weekend with or without a hit man. Um, he, he could just um, leave that Carlisle run well well behind because that, that just wasn't quite him. Earn River, his jumping went to pieces on his last two runs. He looked a really good prospect prior to that. Um, obviously, took his chance at grade one cut level and got found out and then um, he, he just didn't really take to Sandown. The fences just basically just overawed him completely and uh, he got beat, uh, ended up getting a beat a long way. So a little bit of a difficult one at time of recording to have a dogmatic view because we, we're not sure with the participation of Hitman. But if he doesn't go, then hopefully my Melena Drama might just have a um, a chance to get back on track. Manella Drama, the one to side with, if Hitman doesn't turn up, might be without the market, uh, without the favourite market as well, um, come Saturday. Uh, Paddy, do you see it the same way? Yeah, I think uh, I would imagine the Hitman's going to turn up here because, to be fair, uh, they won't want to take on the 
Venetia horse if they can land a nice pot here and plus Harry Compton mm. is at this meeting you'd imagine that Nichols is, is is wanting to have his his number one on board but I think Andy's bang on about this Manila drama because he'd have traded pretty short I'd imagine at Carlisle because he got into a lovely rhythm and there's no doubt at the bottom of the hill I thought they're going to have to go some to get this fella but once he did come off the bridle yeah he did check out just swift enough but there's no doubt I think on an easier track like this, getting into a rhythm on the front end, he's a real good fencer, this fella. He really is. And he should strip fitter for that return. I'd have him bang there um, if, if Hitman doesn't turn up. Um, but I think if, if, if he does, he'll be playing for a, for, for a silver medal. Playing for a silver medal, possibly if Hitman does turn up. But agreement <clears> that uh, Manila Drama, the one to look at, five to one currently, um, best price. Uh, on then to the 225, uh, the Stay is handicap hurdle where Mai Tai and Ron Frosco, the joint favourites at nine to two. Good risk at all for Sam Thomas, seven to one. Complete unknown, eight to one. Get a tonic, ten to one, twelve to one. Wakul, Botox has fourteens. Brinkley fourteens, twenty to one. Bar those. Uh, Paddy will stick with you here. Uh, Ron Frosco is an interesting one. Uh, looking at the odds checker grids as well, as short as five to two in quite a few places, but Hill sticking their neck out and going nine to two. Yeah, incredible um, profile, really. This, I mean, uh, an Oscar turning up at, at Newmarket and landing in such a pot so easy last time. Uh, Charles Burns, he's an absolute genius, isn't he? And yeah. I tell you, maybe many people over this side of the water won't be that familiar with Daniel King, but he's a very, very good kid who writes for Dennis Hogan. And he's been playing his trade under both codes so far this season, but he's very, very capable. And Charles Byrne, very wise, <laughs> got him on board to take off £5. But I think this is uber competitive. I do like this mayor of Dan Skelton's down the bottom of the way. It's get a tonic. And Harry Skelton, he's made no secret saying that Dan Skelton team are far stronger in the mayor department this year than what they are with their Geldens. And so far we've seen of recent evidence that, you know, he, he's not wrong there. And Gedetonic, although we've not seen her this time around, she looks to me like a mare who's still on the up, um, but she's just very, very likeable. She's pitched in to the deepest water yet that she's been in, but I think she's very, very capable. And I think Dan Skelton could have a nice one here. And if you're getting the sort of price that um, I was looking at earlier, I wouldn't like to see her go much shorter because she's got to improve again and she's in against some very very capable performers here but i do like her so i'd be happy to take get a tonic and but this is a race maybe to watch back because there is going to be a shed load of winners come out of this i'm pretty sure it's very very competitive stuff stick the top few in the notebook uh seeing me the, the big tip there from paddy but get a tonic 10 to 1 and also hills uh, going uh, a fifth of five as well, and their standout about Getatonic. So 10 to 1 best price and the best uh, price terms possible as well, at a fifth of five um, for Dan Skelton. Andy? Yeah, I mean, the role of honour suggests this is um, a race where you need to pay attention to the form and the winner. Um, Paisley Park won it back in 2018. I'm pretty sure Grand Cru uh, won this before he went on to win the Cleve Hurdle, um, before checking out then at Cheltenham. Uh, against um, I can't remember what beat him. Was it, was it Big Bucks? I think Big Bucks beat him, didn't, didn't they, um, back in the day? So it's a, it's a race where um, it's steeped in tradition, good quality, and, and this year's renewal um, is, is, is on, on a similar vein. I think there's a couple of horses in here that could be potentially well in. Obviously, Mai Tai is going to be one of the main focuses of attention away from Run for Oscar, who we know all about now. 
Um, I think he could be quite well handicapped, but so could good risk at all. Um, from an informed Sam Thomas team, yarding in, in flying form since since the, uh, the the sort of turn of October. He was very good the other day when um, he went to Carlisle, he beat Holstone. Um, he, he never really had to come out of second gear that on that on that occasion. And when the ground and the mud is flying, he's a really, really good operator. When he won at Ascot last season, the ground was pretty bad. Wasn't so good at Aintree in, in grade yeah. one company, but you know, it was the end of a hard season. He was up against three strike life and genuine grade one horses. And that didn't probably quite suit him so much. Um, good to soft ground, but back on back on a on a on a easier terrain over the weekend, particularly stepping up in trip. I think that'll help him as well. Cause sometimes he, he just takes a little while to get from A to B. Um, and when they're going quick in these handicaps, that might just catch him out. But these brush hurdles, I think will really help him. Don't forget this race is run over the brush hurdles. I think I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a massive player. Good risk at all. Um, I, I think stepping up in trip on soft ground will really suit him. Just I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether I'm right or wrong with that, with that brush hurdle thing. It's it's four forty on Thursday afternoon, and looking at the odds checker, bet history at four thirty nine, Paddy Power cut from seven to one to eleven and two. Um, at four forty, bet first sportsbook cut from seven to one to eleven and two. So Andy's been getting on because you're good risk at all, as we've been talking here. And yeah, we, have that, we have thought that sometimes before, and we George, we've literally been yeah. chatting away. And that, spies, <laughs> spies, spies like, that's hacking our uh, our computer, <laughs> our conversation. The good news is is that there is still a bit of sevens about if you are quick uh, with with bet three six five. Otherwise, it's all six to one, uh, thirteen to two, and a bit of eleven to two as well. Good risk at all, and the selection there. Uh, we'll move on then to the Betfair Chase, the big race on the card uh, at Haydock on Saturday, uh, and really interesting to see Aplutard's return. Um, Eight to thirteen, Aplutard is with Protector at three to one. Bristol Demai fifteen to two, Eldorado Allen twenty five to one, uh, Frode on thirty three to one. Um, someone who will be listening to this and watching this sent me a stat a few months ago that uh, Aplutard has never won two races in a row uh, in his career. What do you make of that? A stat that seems to me destined to be broken at some at some stage with the horse as consistent and as quality as Aplutard. Andy? Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, not sure that that's probably a strong enough uh, stat to make me not want to get involved. Uh, the opposite. The opposite. Trends are there to be reversed. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, look, yeah, you know, you... The only thing I think would stop a Pluto not being his absolute maximum best would be heavy ground. Um, you know, he does handle soft ground, as we, as we know, and a lot of Irish horses do. But a real slog in the mud first time out, which could be the case, because it's already soft at the moment up there in Merseyside, that that would probably prevent me from, from stepping in at a very, very skinny price. But, you know, he was amazing in this race last year, so... Providing it, like I say, it isn't ankle deep, then he'd have every chance of duplicating that. I'd suggest this is protector at Gold Cup, arguably, because we know he doesn't really handle Cheltenham as well. Um, he's got good form around Cheltenham, but I don't think he's a grade one horse around Cheltenham. But on flat tracks, as he proved when he won uh, last year last year at Aintree, he's a very good operator. He's had a wind operation in the interim. The scale horses are just becoming to coming to fruition. Some of his better horses are stripping fit, and they're they're, they're Doing what they said on the tin, and it's going to be a strongly run race. You've got Bristol Demai, <coughs> excuse me, and Frodon in there as well to serve up a really good gallop. So there's no hiding place, uh, and I don't think uh, Dan Skelton will have any stone left on turn with Protectorat. So he might just be a smidgen of value at time of recording. So Protectorat would be the way you pay at the, at the current prices. At the 
current prices, yeah, because like I said, I think the ground's going to go heavy, and you know that that that's very much his conditions. Protector at three to one best price for ten bet Skybet and William Hill. Uh, Paddy, how, how are you looking to play this? I think he, he's value for me at Plutard at that sort of price, to be honest. Because if you look down to his profile, I mean, when he got gubbed at Leopardstown, it was it just the way things panned out because uh, Rachel came round Davy Russell, didn't she? And she sort of hemmed him in, and then she's gone for home, and that is a long, long run in. Um, going to the last at Leopardstown and then uh, on the way home and, and and she's been she's been caught on the line by Galvin and I think when when Aplutard you're dead right when you look down through his through his record with the <laughs> it's there in black and white one two one two but I do think that there has been so many occasions when he has hit the crossbar there's been reasons um, but I think he's very very classy he was absolutely breathtaking in this race you know when you see Rachel you know, actually taking a pull on this horse coming up the straight last year is just incredible to watch, really. But Protector at there's no doubt, is very, very interesting. He, he He's a typical Dan Skelton horse where they're not going to use many bullets with this horse. Uh, he's going to be fresh. He's going to travel. And he'll give it a real good go um, on Saturday, and deservedly so. Joe Tizard has always held El Dorado Allen in high regard. But whether he just comes up a little bit short... At um at this level, it's hard to know. Bristol Demai, he 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 is Mr. Haydock, isn't he? So it's impossible to rule him out. But look, he isn't getting any younger. And then obviously we don't need to say any more about Froden. But no, I, I can't look past Aplutard. To be honest, I just think he's very very classy. And I'm going to make excuses for the times that he has gotten beat. I think generally there has been a reason for it. Yeah, it looks that way. Uh, this is the where the, the, the trend gets broken here. Uh, Paddy thinks at least 8 to 13 best price uh, with William Hill. Uh, therefore, Aplutard. Uh, and the final race um, on the card as well uh, at Haydock, we're going to quickly cover off here as well. Uh, Houston, Texas is the 18 to eighteen to 5. It's not an enterprise price, is it? Um, uh, 18 to 5 with uh, favourite uh, Fontaine Collange, uh, 11 to 2, a musical slave. Uh, is out actually so good boy Bobby 13 to 2, Truckers Dodge 7 to 1, the big breakaway 8 to 1, Rapper 16 to 1, uh, 18 to 1, bar those. Uh, Andy, yeah, I think Houston, Texas is um, a horse very much on the upgrade. Uh, he's been playing his trade at uh, a little bit uh, lower level than what he faces over the weekend. Uh, I think Paddy's seen him quite a few times. I think um, he's been on Hills Radio when he has won because uh, I think he does a few Sunday shifts and. I'm pretty sure Houston, Texas has run on a few Sundays. Um, he's a big unit as well. in type of horse that will slog his way through the mud. still think he's better than 122. I think he's the right favourite. But if there is to be a one that rolls back the years to, to a degree, and although he's, he is only nine, he seems to be around longer than that. Uh, Lord de Manet, de Manil. Paddy was mentioning that um, um, Bristol de May's Mr. Haydock. Well, this fella's not. Uh, a million miles away with uh, with regards to how many times he's run round run round the track. I think it's up to up to and around the three and a four mark. It's got to be, and there was signs that he was perhaps decaying a little bit last season, and he he wasn't up for the job. But he bounced back the other day at Bangor in a very strongly run race. He came from a long way back. Necessarily sure that all guns are blazing that day. Having watched the way he was ridden, because normally he's off the front and. Buzzing away, he's made all quite a few times around here, and yet they held him right about the back as if he was having a little <laughs> bit of a, a sighter for this one, dare I say. And yet he finished off his race really strong. He finished second to Le Manil in a in a very competitive race. So that run would have 
done nothing but blow away the cobwebs and got him sharp for this. Uh, and he's the only course and distance winner in the field, as far as I could see. So that's got to play, count for plenty. Um, from the stable now in good form, I think that was one of the reasons why Lord de Manel had a bit of a slump last season, because the, the Hobson horses were sick in general. We saw riders on the storm come back from nowhere uh, the other day. So I think at the prices, I'd, I'd be tending to go with him. Yeah, Andy there, Lord de Manil, the one for him. Uh, Paddy, are you in agreement? How do you see the, the closer head up? Yeah, Lord of Manny is a very, very solid horse around this track, and he's absolutely bang on. I, I would imagine that Richard Hobson was tearing his hair out with the sort of year or season that he had last year. It just never, never was happening for him. Whereas this time round, uh, he's made a really good start, and I'd say he's probably close to having more winners already uh, than, than, than what he managed to to accumulate last season. And he is very solid, Lord of Manny. Houston, Texas. He's a canny little horse and, you know, he'll only do the bare minimum, but we've seen how forward and how well Nicky's have been running this year. And he's probably a deserving favourite here, but I think there are one or two improvers here. There was a horse at a big price, I think is worth a mention, in Rapper. The handicapper has given them a bit of way back off that reappearance run. And Henry Daly, he's got a string in real good nick. It'd be no surprise just to see him strip a good bit fitter from that return effort, where in the end he was only beaten just over 20 lengths in very, very warm race. So that would be no surprise. But the horse I wanted to mention here was Fontaine Colons. We've spoke about Venetia's form. But this mare has won in absolutely unraceable ground which is also run okay on some reasonable ground but just had the four starts over fences the book tom school it's interesting that they've pitched this one in to such a deep race having been so inexperienced but on the other side of the scale is unexposed so i'm going to take a chance with fontaine Colange. this is a tough race because these are really battle battle hardened characters plenty of these but wouldn't like to see it get much shorter, but if the five to one, ninety-two held up, I'd be happy to go with Fontaine Galland and just a fifth start over fences. Eleven and two, Paddy, with with eight 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 sport and Bet Victor um, there for Fontaine Galland uh, and Rapper sixteen to one across the board. A positive mention there too. Um, that brings our Saturday preview to a close, but we are going to look quickly ahead to the Morgiana over it uh, on uh, Sunday at Punchstown in the two hundred five where. And the field, we have no prices as it stands, but we've got um, Sagalhard, Stateman, Vauban, Tiapu, uh, all entered in here. Charles Jasaldia, Jesse Evans, um, Echoes and Rain as well. Um, Paddy, we, we, we don't know at this stage who will line up and who will run, um, but who do we anticipate will and who are we most looking forward to seeing? Well, I suppose we was a bit, bit disappointed when, when we heard um, that Willie was going to hold six of the eight entries and he's pretty <laughs> sure that most of them are going to turn up and, you know, to, to take their chance. But it's very, very difficult to get away from Stateman. Um, I mean, apart from ending up on the floor uh, on his debut for the Mullins team, he's been ultra impressive. Obviously, he, he was the talk being the handicap lot, wasn't he, called the Cheltenham. And although that race hasn't really, the form of it hasn't amounted to much so far, he couldn't help but, but only go and win. And then he backed it up, as many don't do, as uh, when they go to the Punchestown Festival, but he backed it up on no uncertain terms, and he beat a good one that day in Flame Bear and beat him well. Um, he showed that he stays <clears throat> further. You know, he's still only a five-year-old, and although some of the others in the lineup here are rated higher than him, 
I think there is any amount of improvement in this horse. It's 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 quite scary to think that he was he was um he, he, he was competing in handicaps only a few months ago. Um so I, I would struggle to go against State Man here and I'd say there's probably a fair chance it could go back to the Willie Mullins team. <laughs> Andy, are you gonna take on Willie here? Not really, no. I mean, it just shows the unfairness of the game now nowadays, doesn't it? Now the the uh, the better trainers seem to be able to bolster their string um, by you know sh- shaking the purse strings around a bit. But Flame Bearer, the horse that he beat, State Man um, at Punchestown, is now in the care of Willie Mullins, having been with Pat Doyle, who obviously dangled a big enough carrot for old connections to, to let him go. I think he goes novice chasing Flame Bear. He, he was due to an 11 last week before being withdrawn because of the ground. Um, but, he, you know, he beat him very, very easily there that day. Um, he was backed accordingly off the back of his victory at Cheltenham. And three-strike life was third as well, and we've already seen him strut his stuff over fence as well. So it was a really deep race, even though it was only four runners uh, that day. Um, what they're going to do with him long-term, I don't know whether they go down the champion hurdle route. That remains to be seen. Um, you know, Will, Willie's got Vauban as well. And, of course, he, he's still got the old Charger in there. Let's not forget about him. He's nine now. He seems to have been going forever, Charger. But um, when he's... We've, we've talked about him before, haven't we? Uh, when he's on song, he's as, bad, as good as there is uh, over in Ireland. And, you know, he's, he's probably the only horse capable of, um, you know, giving Honeysuckle a race on his day. So it's an impossible race to be... Um, dogmatic about at this stage because with Willie having six in it yeah, I mean, he might end up only running one or two but who knows but yeah I, I'd be in agreement with um, with Paddy with Stateman I think he's a I think he's a special talent Stateman the one to keep an eye on uh, there on Sunday uh, thank you very much to both Andy and to Paddy for sharing their thoughts and tips with us ahead of the racing at Ascot Haydock and Punchstown this weekend uh, so many good returning horses uh, that we'll be talking about plenty over the course of the season. So do make sure that you subscribe to the Oddschecker YouTube channel where you can find all of those shows uh, over the course of the National Hunt season. And as I mentioned, lots of World Cup previews on there as well, including a World Cup preview with Mark O'Hare and uh, profiles of every single team entered in. The action starts on Sunday, so make sure you check that out in the next couple of days. Uh, and you can find this on any podcast platform as well. Do download the Oddschecker app where you can find uh, all the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, place terms, and all the best tips that's in the game, including Andy himself uh, and his tips straight to the app every morning of racing. Uh, Do enjoy the weekend's racing. Enjoy the start of the World Cup. uh, And we will be back again next week to preview the weekend's racing. But in the meantime, please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly.